0: A terrific Thursday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's always a pleasure to be with you. The Grizzlies, for the second straight game, get a big win over a very formidable opponent in the Denver Nuggets. But while the win was big for the second straight game, it's how the Grizzlies got the win that to me was even bigger. I'll explain that, plus some significant developments on the front of Dylan Brooks from yesterday. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. I'm a credential media member of the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies, every day. Of course, you can find the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, at is on Twitter. You can find again me at StatsSAC. And of course, you can find the show right here on YouTube. And make sure when you go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Let us know what it lets us know you enjoy the show. Let's others find the show. Let's the show itself have the best experience as possible. And of course, we want to thank you, number one, for all the support that all of you have shown us. Whether you're a loyal listener who's been listening into the show for years, thank you so much for being along for the ride, or you're a new listener via the podcast form or the YouTube form. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. And thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But don't forget to make Locked On the Locked On NBA podcast free where podcasts are available. Just like Locked On Grizzlies, your second listen of the day for many different reasons. All the news that's happening, what's going on with different teams that either are getting off to a great start or are not so hot to start the season. That and much more on the Locked On NBA podcast. Make it your second listen of the day after locked on Grizzlies also want to remind you of our title sponsor for the show once again is McDonald's since 1965 we all know that whatever community we're in McDonald's is a great place to go for great food but it also is a great place to connect for those that we care for in the community make sure you do both the next time you enjoy a meal from McDonald's so obviously the Grizzlies last night played against the Denver Nuggets and for the second straight game Not only did the Grizzlies get a big victory, but the way in which they were able to earn the victory could be a huge building block. Both of these games were big growth opportunities for the Grizzlies to rely on how they got the wins moving forward. Before we get to that... Do want to discuss, though, a few developments from yesterday's game. One significant for the Grizzlies roster, but another one is quite fun, obviously, for this season as well. The first big news came in regards to Dylan Brooks. Yesterday, the Grizzlies officially announced that Dylan Brooks, as well as a few of the two-way players and other players that are on the Grizzlies roster, they would be reassigned to the Memphis Hustle for a scrimmage game, for a simulated game, whatever you want to call it, as the Hustle, the Grizzlies G League team, get, gets ramped up for their season. But of course, the significance here is Dylan Brooks participating in basketball activities. It looks like this is the first step. The Grizzlies will then reevaluate Dylan Brooks, much like they did uh, three we- a little over three weeks ago when they said he would be out an additional two to three weeks. They'll reevaluate the health of his wrist then, and if he is able to be a full goal, he'll obviously start participating in basketball activities, and he'll eventually, obviously, be available in games. Well, I don't want to put too much of a timetable on when that will occur. It certainly does seem like it's a matter of a week or two instead of several weeks. And hopefully the Grizzlies will be able to give us good and positive updates as we continue on. And make sure to, to stick here for all the latest when it comes to Dylan Brooks. Obviously, A big piece to the puzzle for success this year for the Grizzlies that they're hoping when he comes in will make this season even better than it already has started. But another fun development for the Grizzlies is that they debuted their city uniforms, their new city uniforms. Now, when the tops of these uniforms, when the top of all 30 NBA teams city edition uniforms were revealed earlier this week, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest biggest fan of how the Grizzlies top looked. I understand It was sort of a mixture of previous color schemes and designs that the Grizzlies had had both in Vancouver and Memphis. But the look of the jersey with the shorts, I feel, is a great look. And I believe as Anthony Sane and others had mentioned, the look on the players in its entirety versus just the picture of the top, it looks a lot better on the players than it did with just the top, in my opinion. The full ensemble, and also how wonderful the warm up, the design of the warm up sweaters and, 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 uh, Jogging pants and all that; those were phenomenal as well. The complete ensemble of the warmups with the jersey—they looked really awesome. And but the best part about it to me is the shorts. I've always thought that the grizzly bear with the basketball, both in Vancouver and you know whatever form Memphis has now, I've always felt that that's one of the best logos in recent NBA history, and it makes the shorts of any Grizzlies uniform that it's on absolutely wonderful. So my opinion now of the city addition for the Grizzlies this year certainly has skyrocketed. And I'll make sure to include a picture of that obviously on the title photo for this on YouTube for those to see. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you check out the uniforms from last night to see the complete look. But the city uniforms look absolutely wonderful. Back to the game though. When it came to the Grizzlies last night, adjustments were going to be made. And the key adjustment that Denver looked to do they look to take away the strengths that the Grizzlies established in game one. And it was the strengths that we all know. John Morant performing well and the Grizzlies being able to beat teams out of the run, getting a possession advantage, as well as in the paint. Well, last night, that's exactly what Denver set out to do. Now, it didn't work in the first quarter. And a big reason why was because how well the Grizzlies shot the three in the first quarter. Much like the first quarter on Monday when it was Jaron who got off to a wonderful start shooting the three and was a big reason why the Grizzlies got off to a good start in the game. Last night, it was Zaire Williams who actually had his best start to to his best game of his career so far last night. Now, it was mainly limited to the first quarter, but seeing shots start to fall for him is a very good development. I'll talk about that in the third segment a little bit more. But the threes were falling for the Grizzlies. There was balance in being able to find success near the rim, as well as from three. And the Grizzlies were able to get the offense going, and it made a huge difference in getting them out to as much as a 19-point lead. But after that, this is where Denver's adjustments were were made. They put Aaron Gordon on John Moran. And this is something that teams are starting to do. We've seen the Warriors do it with Andrew Wiggins. We've seen the Heat do it with Jimmy Butler. And we've seen the um Nuggets now do it with Aaron Gordon. Teams are starting to put bigger wings on John Moran to try to limit his overall ability to get around the initial defender where he then will create his damage, obviously. And overall, it did a pretty good job last night. John ja Morant, 18.6 assists, six rebounds—a great stat line, an absolutely wonderful stat line. And the fact that that is considered a subpar stat line for how well Jaw's done so far this year tells you how special he's been. But when it comes to Jaw and the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies made it—or excuse me—the Nuggets made it a point to where they were not going to let Jaw beat them. But they also made it a point to beat the Grizzlies at their own game. After the Grizzlies scored 37 points in the first quarter, they only scored 41 points in the second and third quarters combined. And a big reason why was because the was because Denver limited Jaw. They also played very good defense. They came into these they came into Monday Night's game being a top five defense in the league. But a big key was that Denver beat the Grizzlies at their own game. What I mean by that is is that the Grizzlies are known when compared to the rest of the NBA, for being elite at scoring on the fast break, scoring on points off turnovers, and scoring points in the paint. Well, last night, Denver actually had six actually had six more fast break points, 13 more points off turnovers, and 14 more points in the paint. And those differentials were even bigger in the second and third quarters. So the Grizzlies, so Denver made a point to limit it to where John Morant was not going to beat them. And they also made a point to beat the Grizzlies at their own game. They took the strengths of the Grizzlies from Monday night away from the Grizzlies last night. This was a perfect example of how good teams are going to try to stop the Grizzlies. But how did the Grizzlies respond? Jaron Jackson Jr., 14 points Four threes, seven rebounds, uh, some very good deep hits on Nikola Jokic, in the, Nikola Jokic in the second half. And the Grizzlies finding their stroke from three, hitting eight of their last 15 three-point shots is what made the difference. Kyle Anderson having another great game, 16 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds himself. Zaire Williams efforts, obviously. Um, Desmond Bain getting finding his stroke back after struggling for much of these two games against Denver. It was the supporting cast of the Grizzlies stepping up to support Jaw. It was the Grizzlies Ability to have Jaron be their closer, and it was the Grizzlies' ability to rely on the three that was able to beat a very good team who had taken away some of the Grizzlies' best strengths away from them. The fact that the Grizzlies were able to come back, were able to find a way, despite giving up a big lead, despite job ja being limited, despite their own strengths being beat, Denver beating the Grizzlies at their own game. Memphis was still able to find a way to win due to defending and shooting the three, Jaron stepping up and playing well, as well as the supporting cast also playing well. That's why I say while this win is huge for Memphis, the way that it happened is even bigger. I'll expand on that in just a moment. But before I do... We talk about the fact that obviously, just like Ja Morant is the engine of the Grizzlies, your engine is the main part of your car. But for your engine to be the best that it can be, it's got to be supported the parts, by parts that work. And with the winter coming up, that means that you probably want to make sure your parts are as good as possible. And if you need to do part upgrades, there's no better place to go than rockauto.com. For one, it's got great selection. Regardless of the make and model that you have or the parts that you need, rockauto.com is likely to have it. And it's also economically um, friendly. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically will fall out of budget. So they try to make things as economically friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Imagine your daily diet being like the Grizzlies, especially when it comes to your snack. And and your go-to snack that you enjoy, your your go-to taste of whatever snack you enjoy, consider that to be John Moran. But sometimes you may want to change it up, just like the Grizzlies may have to change up who is their best talent to win games if John Moran is not available. Well, if that's the case, that's kind of like Bar. If your favorite, if you have one favorite flavor you love to enjoy, that's kind of like the Grizzlies going with John Morant as their main choice whenever they need to make their day better. But Bill Bar actually has over 18 different flavors. And so it's like the Grizzlies going with Jaron or Desmond Bain or someone else when they need to, to get the job done. You can do the same thing. Based off whatever flavor you want to enjoy, if you go to built.com, you can choose from over 18 different flavors that you can have in the morning for breakfast or have in the afternoon as a snack. And you can also go to build.com right now and you can put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. So if you like having options, just like the Grizzlies like to have as many options as possible to get the job done to win games, win your day by having a great selection when it comes to Built Bar. Again, go to Bilt.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15. That's lock 15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. We can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But for your second listen, obviously the baseball season is now over, so football comes into full focus. And if you are enjoying, you know, we're getting into the home stretch of the college football season. We're getting into the second half of the NFL season. I obviously have my preferences when it comes to the Locked On Podcast Network NFL show, my choice, Locked On Titans. But for whatever reason, team you cheer for, make sure you check out the Locked On College Football Network and the Locked On NFL Network for your favorite team shows as your second and third listen of the day after you check out Locked On Grizzlies. So obviously the Grizzlies coming into this two game stretch like they did against Denver and coming off how bad of a loss they had against Miami, you were hoping that the Grizzlies could somehow get a split. Because it was pretty simple to, I feel at least, and again, I can only speak for myself, I feel that on paper, Denver appeared to be the better team than the Grizzlies coming into Monday night. And especially coming off the game against Miami and how up and down the Grizzlies have been. But here we are three days later and this Grizzlies team now has two wins. But again, like I said to open the show, in these two wins, the wins themselves are great. But the way that the Grizzlies won them are even better. Think about it in the first game. The Grizzlies needed to have a performance from their starting lineup. They needed their starting lineup to be as excellent against in, against Denver as it was in the first part of the season. It wasn't. The starting lineup struggled. But it was the defense overall, as well as the bench, that stepped up and had their best game of the season. So areas that had previously been struggled for struggles for the Grizzlies, started to normalize back to their expected level of performance, and that made the Grizzlies a better team to the point where they got the win. Well, on Wednesday, the Grizzlies ran into the same situation. What had worked for them on Monday, John Morant and playing, you know, being effective out on the run and in the paint, those things worked for the Grizzlies on Monday. Denver made it a point to where that was not going to work this time. Denver was not going to lose to the Grizzlies by John Morant, being John ja Morant or the Grizzlies be winning the game through be on through the fast break or off turnovers or in the paint, Denver was not going to allow it. So what did the Grizzlies do? Even after losing a huge lead, the Grizzlies went to sources that while they had been inconsistent in the past, they were put in a position where they had no other choice but to rely on sources that the Grizzlies are going to need to step up more consistently to get to the next level. Those sources were defending the three, shooting the three, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, when it comes to defending and shooting the three, the Grizzlies did an absolutely wonderful job when it came to defending the three over these past two games. Coming off a game against Miami in which they had allowed 21 of 37 threes to be hit in one game. The Grizzlies, though Denver is a team that does struggle from three, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies held the Nuggets to only 17 of 63, shooting the three. And that's even with Will Barton last night going off as being one of the best players on the court. But overall, the Grizzlies held a clear playoff team to 17 of 63, shooting the three. The Grizzlies themselves last night were able to come back and get the win because of how well they shot the three during different stretches of the game. The Grizzlies started off seven of nine from three. That's what fueled their best quarter of the year, arguably. It wasn't a pace they were going to sustain, but it was a great start. But after that, but in the second and third quarter of last night's game, and a big reason why Denver was able to come back is the Grizzlies went one of 10. They went one of 10 from three in the second and third quarters. But starting in the third through the fourth, after the Grizzlies had gone seven and nine to start the game, followed up by a one and ten stretch, the Grizzlies closed out the game shooting eight of 15 from three in last night's game. They finished 16 of 34 from the field. And overall, the Grizzlies were 29 of 68 shooting the three over these past two games. So again, the Grizzlies against one of the top five defenses in the league a team that showed very good prowess of defending the perimeter coming into Monday night's game. The Grizzlies were 29 of 68. They basically shot 43% from the field, or from three. Yet they also held Denver to only 17 of 63. That is a plus 36 points by the Grizzlies over these two games when it comes to defending and shooting the three. If you go back to almost a year ago, Before the 2021 season, I had mentioned that for this Grizzlies team to truly take the next step of being able to be a playoff contender, but also being able to be a team that once it made the playoffs could actually have a chance and the confidence of moving up in the playoffs, they were going to have to take significant steps shooting and defending the three in a playoff type setting versus a team that is very capable. Of making a deep run in the playoffs this year, the Grizzlies were a plus 36 when it came to shooting and defending the three, and every one of those points were needed to get multiple wins. That is a huge development for this Grizzlies team, a team that, yes, they have heavily relied on getting points on the run, getting points in the paint, getting points off turnovers to create a possession advantage over the past two years to beat better teams. But if this Grizzlies team can combine that effort consistently while also more frequently being able to win the three-point battle by defending the three well and making three-point shots, that is what's going to make this Grizzlies team even more complete. And that is a critical, critical development. Defending and shooting the three as a combination is just as critical of a development for this Grizzlies team to take the next step as their progression is in creating their own shots. If those two aspects of this team can continue to take a significant step forward this season, that is going to be a huge, huge, two huge jumping off points for this team to go from a rebuilding team to a sustainable winner. But of course, the other thing that stood out last night is that the Grizzlies were going to need, they had to have somebody step up to be their closer when John Morant was limited. And that fell upon Jaron Jackson, Jr., and he absolutely delivered. When the Nuggets went on a run, basically, I believe, between the seventh and third minute of the third quarter, it looked bleak for the Grizzlies. No, Koli Jokic was playing like an MVP. Will Barton was playing like the second best player on the court. The Grizzlies really didn't have an answer with jaw being limited. But that's when Jaron Jackson, Jr. took over. Three huge straight threes allowed the Grizzlies to not only come back, but take the lead. But in the final, I believe, probably 16 to 17 minutes, the last few minutes of the third into the fourth, Jaron had 14 points. Six or seven rebounds, I believe. A huge stop of Nikola Jokic on the end and overall played very good defense. There were a couple of instances where Jaron didn't get a statistic out of the play, but he clearly kept the Nuggets from scoring. And the Grizzlies needed every bit of that effort for them to win this game. Jaron on the night finished with 22 points. Four threes, I believe he had four blocks and eight rebounds, three blocks and eight rebounds. He became, he had five threes. He became only the second Grizzlies player since the Grizzlies have been in Memphis to have three or more blocks and five or more threes in a single game. Jay Crowder did it at the very beginning of 2020. But last night was a true glimpse into what we all want Jaren to be. Last night was Jaron being a difference maker. It was Jaron being the number two guy on this team. It was Jaron being a closer, playing at an all-star level. We would love for that to happen every single game. Is it likely going to, even after this performance? Probably not. But if we can get this type of performance out of Jaron, even every third game, moving forward, and that eventually becomes every other game, and then in some way, shape, or form, every game, as we go forward over the over this next year and beyond, this could be a starting off point. This could be a reference point for Jaron to come back to to realize what I did, what worked here, if I can make it work consistently, these are the results that are going to happen and it's going to be great for both him and Memphis. Of course, a big thing that allowed for him to do that was him being able to stay on the court, not fouling. In Monday's game, he got off to a great start, 11 points in the first quarter. He just couldn't add to it because any momentum he tried to pick up was thwarted because he couldn't stay on the court. But if Jaron can stay on the court, Jaws mentioned that, Coach Jenkins has mentioned that, other players have mentioned that. It's not a matter of them questioning whether or not the talent is there. Last night proved Jaron can easily turn all this potential everybody keeps talking about into production when he gets the chance. It's just having the chance, number one, by staying on the court, but number two, having that confidence level in knowing he truly can be a difference maker and one of, if not the best, player on the court whenever he wants to on both ends of the court. Last night, it all came together, and every bit of it was needed for the Grizzlies to get a big win, especially with John Morant Limited. Now, the key is to build off this performance and have it happen more often than not, and if it does, that's the other big aspect of this team, along with self creation, along and shooting, along in, with shooting and defending the three. If Jaron can use this as a point, as a reference point, a launching point to be more consistent at this level going forward, that's the benefit that comes from these two games. So again, it's not just the way that the, it's not just that the Grizzlies won; it's the way that they won. It's the bench stepping up to play to its potential, the deep end stepping up to play to its potential, the Grizzlies' overall ability to shoot and defend the three and create an advantage through that, and Jaron being able to step up as a difference maker. All of those aspects were successful in these two games versus a very formidable opponent for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were able to do them in back-to-back games. And if the Grizzlies can start to do that more consistently, that's why the way that the Grizzlies won was bigger than the fact that they actually won because the Grizzlies now can use these two games as an example of how they can continue to win even if Ja may not be at his best or the Grizzlies' usual strengths may not be there. The Grizzlies now have several sources they can rely upon to be able to win ball games. But the thing about it is this, the return of Dylan Brooks should also helps help the Grizzlies consistently be able to do these exact things that can win them ballgames. But when Dylan Brooks does come back, that could mean that some players who are relevant in the rotation right now could go down to smaller roles in the near future. How could that impact their overall outlook over the next few months? I'll look at that in just a moment. But I will tell you this, over the next few months, obviously winter is going to get here We know that the holiday season is right around, but the thing about it is, is that with winter and the holiday season being around, the thing that it allows us for is it's it's a chance to be indoors, but to have the chance to be indoors with those that we care for in a great environment for you to be able to enjoy time with those that you care for as well as great food is McDonald's. Since 1965, McDonald's has always been a great source of food. But using myself as an example, it's also been a great way to connect with those that you care for. I know when I was a toddler, I've been on the surf for more than 30 years. I know when I was a toddler, I had birthday parties at McDonald's. I'm from a small town, there weren't many options. I had birthday parties at McDonald's. I had first dates at McDonald's. I had study groups at McDonald's. And now I rely on McDonald's every now and then to provide food for my family. I've gone through different portions of my life. And yet McDonald's has been there as a consistent source of great food, but also a great way to connect with those that I care for. So if you like to connect with others when it comes to Grizzlies game. Have a watch party at McDonald's, and to honor the fact that we all know that we're loving it when we go to McDonald's. I'm loving it being their model in honor of John Morant. da 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 da. I'm loving it. You hear me? Make sure you go to McDonald's not only to enjoy the great food, but to connect the ones, connect with the ones that you care for the next time you get the chance. Listen, we can't thank you enough for making the Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But I highly, highly encourage the fact that right now we've got some injuries that are going on around the NBA. So if you play fantasy basketball, that means that you need to have a source to go to to let you know who you need to pick up. Well, there's no better source. As a matter of fact, there's no more trusted source in the world than Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I've talked with you many times before, great insight, great knowledge source when it comes to fantasy basketball. So after making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast for the latest when it comes to fantasy basketball. So we talked about the fact that the Grizzlies have had two excellent games. And the other thing that stood out in last night's game was Zaire Williams having the best performance of his young career. Now, it only lasted four a quarter, and Zaire Williams' shot the results have certainly not been there. But that is the key about Zaire Williams to start his career. Even a we remember on draft night, Zach Kleiman said Zaire Williams is a multi year project. He's not going to be close to what we expect for him to be likely until a few seasons down the road. But the Grizzlies have used this opportunity with there being minutes to feel. For Zaire Williams to step in and fill those minutes, basically getting 15 to 20 minutes a night, so he can at least get experiences. And you're seeing flashes. You're seeing the intentful actions. You're seeing the awareness. You're seeing the intelligence from Zaire Williams that attracted the Grizzlies to pick him at number 10. And the shot mechanics are certainly there as well. Zaire Williams has a pretty shot form, it's just that the shot has not been falling. Well, finally, last night, It did, and it was a great opportunity for him to build off of that going forward. But a big key to look at over the next few games as we await the return of Dylan Brooks is what preference is going to be put on which end of the rotation player specifically. So we know when it comes to the Grizzlies right now that the main seven guys, if you will, are Ja. Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, J- uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams, and then the two main guys off the bench are Kyle Anderson and Tyus Jones. When Dylan Brooks comes back, obviously that means he's going in the starting lineup, and then your starting lineup's likely going to be Jaw, Desmond, Dylan, Jaron, and Steven Adams with the three main bench guys being Tyus, Kyle Anderson, as well as DeAnthony Melton. That means that you're already going eight deep. But for the Grizzlies, with Dylan being out, they've stayed going 10 deep. And, of course, the other players that they've used that I've not mentioned yet have been Zaire Williams, it's been John Conchar, it's been Brandon Clark, and it's been Xavier Tillman. I bring up these players because even though Xavier Tillman had a very good showing on Monday night, overall, none of these players have really stepped up and stood out as making a case for themselves to be a relevant rotation piece once the Grizzlies get Dylan Brooks back. And that's not anything that wasn't expected. It's just that it was not an area of an unexpected positive, like some may have hoped for. Brandon Clark has had his struggles. John Contra, I think, has been a bit overexposed as more of an eighth or seventh man in a rotation instead of a 10th or 11th. Zaire Williams obviously has had his struggles as many as expected. And Xavier Tillman, while he has added positive value, he hasn't, you know, we're seeing that he is not someone who's going to really be a guy who's going to take over or he's more of a supporting cast member when he's on the court than someone who's going to be a main difference maker. But the reason I bring this up Is because with Dylan Brooks being out, the opportunity for these end of the rotation guys and Zaire, John Conchar, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman, the chances of them being able to shine once Dylan Brooks gets back is naturally going to be more limited. They're going to have less of a chance to make it happen. And if that's the case, two truths exist. For one, the Grizzlies are probably, their rotations actually are likely going to get a bit more efficient. And a bit more effective because more minutes are going towards more talented players. When Dylan gets back and he plays his minutes, that means that those are going to be that's likely going to be less minutes probably for maybe Tyus Jones, maybe De'Anthony Melton, maybe Kyle Anderson moving forward. But it also means far less minutes for a Zaire Williams or a John Conchar. But those are but those same minutes. Whoever plays them at the end of the day, you got the same amount of minutes being played. It's going to be filled with more talented players for the Grizzlies once Dillon gets back versus right now. So that's obviously a good thing. But if you're someone who had hoped for development from these young pieces of the Grizzlies, specifically Tillman Clark, Zaya Williams, or John Conchar, it's just going to be harder to make it happen. And the other thing that stands out is, is that with it being harder to make it happen, some unfortunate truths not necessarily unfortunate, but some truths about the Grizzlies, both for this season and beyond, may start to reveal themselves. For one, if we already know that the first eight spots in the Grizzlies rotation are taken up, that ninth spot becomes very, very key. In my opinion, it gives insight on who the Grizzlies prefer when it comes to the development track. And I think that'll be Zaire Williams. I don't think that that's going to change. Even though it's going to be less minutes, I still think that he's going to get 10 to 15 minutes a night. So if you're looking at, at Zaire Williams being the ninth guy in the rotation for the Grizzlies, well, then who steps up into that 10th role? I think it's going to be Xavier Tillman because the Grizzlies do need a true backup five to be in their rotation, and that is Xavier Williams. To me, though Jaron is more effective at the five, the most naturally talented five on this Grizzlies roster besides Stephen Adams is Xavier Tillman. And I think that he steps into that role over Brandon Clark Because Xavier Tillman's style of play, when it comes to adding positive value, his consistency, his ability to pass, his ability to shoot, defend, those things to me match up more with what Taylor Jenkins wants than the potential of a higher ceiling with Brandon Clark. And we know that Taylor Jenkins really is loyal to the type of players that meet up with his preferences passing, defense, adding positive value, what have you. So if we know that John, Desmond, Dylan, Jaron, Steven, Tyus Kyle and um Dylan are going to take, or D'Anthony Melton are going to take those first eight spots. It then becomes really interesting as to who the Grizzlies are going to use more freak most frequently in that ninth or tenth spot of the rotation if they even go past nine players. And it could change up based off matchups. You could see Brandon Clark utilize more than Xavier Tillman, or you could see John Conchar utilize more than Zaire Williams, like we've seen all season. But the point that I'm trying to make is is that with the fact that the Grizzlies are getting Dylan Brooks back, and with the fact that the Grizzlies are playing as well as they are, they naturally, there's every logical reason for them, and they rightfully should move their focus from balancing being competitive, competitive and developing to doing what they can to win as much as possible. That's what's right for this team. This team has earned the right for any decisions being made when it comes to the roster and playing time and so on to be dedicated towards putting themselves in the best position to win. And if that's the case, the byproduct of that is not as much opportunity for young players. So a player like a Brandon Clark, if he's someone who's going to continue to possibly not get minutes, if he's going to continue to be a a did not play due to coach's decision a few times a week, his future in Memphis becomes really interesting. We obviously will get into that, you know, at later times. But I do feel that when Dylan Brooks comes back and the Grizzlies rotation now clearly becomes eight or nine deep, the ninth person, that, that, that whoever fills that rotation spot in the ninth row most free or in the ninth spot most frequently, I feel becomes very interesting. I think it's going to be Xavier Williams. And I think that makes the most logical sense because of all the young players left on the roster that I have not mentioned, the most his development is the most critical to the Grizzlies moving forward. Xavier Tillman, I think, feels the biggest need, and also his development is critical moving forward, Filling that need. That's why I think he's next up behind Zaire Williams. John Conchar, always viewed as someone that I think was more of the first guy up to fill a rotation spot if someone is injured, as is the case with Dylan Brooks. But that leaves the very interesting case of of Brandon Clark. Should he be getting more minutes? I think he should in situations, especially when the Grizzlies can get a different look. Last night, when the Grizzlies were getting beat at their own game, where they were getting beat out on the run, in the paint, so on and so forth, I think Brandon Clark could have obviously added an additional element to get the offense going, to get some energy going in the offense. If Coach Jenkins is going to juggle Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark basically filling one role with two players all season long, he's going to hopefully have to make the right decision. But if he doesn't, and if he just prefers to go with one over the other, and if that one is Tillman over Brandon Clark, it becomes really interesting to see what Brandon Clark's both present and future is with the Grizzlies. And the main point that I'm getting at is this is that with Dylan Brooks back, I don't think there's going to be as much of a chance for Brandon Clark to prove that he clearly should be a part of this, uh, of the main plans going forward as he had at this point in time with Dylan Brooks being out again. This all could change once Dylan Brooks gets back. There could be an injury or there could be a, a strategy change that Brooke, or that Jenkins makes that makes a player right now who may not seem to be that preferred a high preference. That's what happens when you're early in the season. But with Dylan Brooks being back, I do feel that how the Grizzlies handle Williams and Clark especially moving forward, Williams, Clark, and Tillman especially moving forward will be highly highly interesting based off where the developments of, the, of those players matter now and also into the future. Can't thank you enough for checking out this edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Check out the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC, the podcast wherever it's available, and obviously here on YouTube as well. Make sure to hit that subscribe button below. Also in the comments, let us know what you think of the City Edition uniforms. Did you like them? Was there something about those uniforms that you did not prefer. And also, what did you think of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s performances? I'll be glad to talk with each and every one of you and give my thoughts as well. Thank you so much. We'll be back with you again tomorrow previewing the Grizzlies game against the Wizards, but also talking about how the Grizzlies are getting better at getting off to good starts and how impressive they've been at closing out wins this year. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. We'll talk with you then.